Welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. And at the top of the show, before I even go into the usual business, I have an ad. Uh, I'm really excited to be partnered with BeanQuest Coffee. Um, they gave me a discount code, DJ underscore coffee, for 5% off any order from their website, bean-questcoffee.com. Um, it's created by two brothers who both love gaming and coffee and wanted to bring quality coffee to spaces within the gaming universe and as y'all know i do twitch stream myself and so uh they made me an affiliate and i can bring that savings on to you if you go check out their stuff and again using the discount code dj underscore coffee you can get five percent off your order um so if you like coffee and you like gaming i would go check out bean quest coffee moving on of course uh, i want to shout out my patrons rob robert MJ and Case, thank you for continuing to support me at patreon.com slash stormageddon. If you too would like to support me that way, you can do that on a variety of different levels. Um, all of that money goes just right back into this show and the other shows I work on to continue to grow them and uh, do some awesome, more awesome, cool stuff. You can also go to DJ underscore stormageddon on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash DJ underscore stormageddon. To watch my exploits there, streaming video games. Right now I'm playing Super Metroid. I'm returning to a, a game I loved growing up. And uh, you can follow and subscribe there. If you are an Amazon Prime member, you can get a free subscription to my channel. Um, every Amazon Prime member gets a free sub per month on Twitch. Enough about that, though. Let's move on to this week's guest, which is my friend Joe Adranya. He is also known as the Junior League. He just put out a new record called Adventureland and uh, came back on the show to talk about that new record as well as playing live, touring, all of the fun things that go along with being a singer-songwriter in 2019 and also how that process has changed since the last time we spoke. I'm really happy to have him back on the show. If you haven't heard any of his stuff, I highly recommend it. It's some of my favorite indie rock out there right now. Again, the album is called Adventureland. But enough about that, enough from me. Let's go to the episode where I chat with Joe of the Junior League. I'm very well, thanks. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you about the new record. I'm really glad that you reached out. It's it's always nice when a band that's kind of drifted from my periphery a little bit just because I'm engaged in so many other things that just jumps back in and I can dive right in and remember how much I love them. Um, oh. And I've always been a fan of your work and the stuff you've done. Uh, it's been a while since we chatted. Uh, the last record we talked about was also Rans, which back in 2015. Yeah. Um, and right. you've done quite a few things since then. Um, so I guess the first thing I wanted to ask is listening to the new album versus the older records, you know, there are some things that have changed and some things that have stayed the same. What do you think is the biggest thing that has evolved for you since you first started writing music or at least in more recent years? Um, that's a good question. I, you know, maybe I'm more confident, you know, than, than I was when I started. I, you know, I, I think that I'm, hopefully you know I'm, I'm doing better with each record you know what i mean like that's the goal yeah. is that you, you get yeah. better i think probably i'm just more confident I've, I've had um 
about a lot of time, put out a lot of records. And I think that like with this last one, you know, it's really uh, in the past, I've kind of bounced around a bit on the records because I, you know, I like a lot of different kinds of stuff and I write some, di- you know, it's all within that pop s- structure, but this record felt really kind of cohesive and um, maybe, maybe I was confident enough to put out a, a record with that showcase, maybe like one, one type of thing that I do rather than trying to fit in, well, you know, Oh, I've got this kind of song. I've got this other song. And, you know, this, this one seems to be just kind of like a, a, a quick punch to the face, pop record, pop rock record, you know? Right. Um, so let's talk about adventure land a little bit, which is the newest record. Um, I, I love this record because it kind of just reminds me of my home, which of course you're not on the East coast, but like, just because like the, the album cover of course is a, as a carnival ride and on like just the tone of it, it like, it takes me back to Coney Island and like theme parks in, in, on the East coast. Um, when you were creating this record, was that always kind of the vibe you were going for or was it just kind of happenstance that it turned out that way? Well, it's, it, you know, um, I, I'm from New York originally, and there was an amusement park on Long Island called Adventureland, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's I used to go there a lot when I was a kid. Uh, it, when I was when I was writing these songs, uh, you know, I, I had a bunch of songs. As a matter of fact, I have I'm working on another record right now because I had so many songs, you know, and and so I have almost a whole other record written, and I, I but again, it was kind of like maybe all Sarans or you should be happy where, you know, there was a bunch of different types of songs on there. And I thought, well, I got all these rock songs. Maybe I should put them all together. You know, I think that this might be cool. And then I thought, I don't know why I was thinking I had to, I took that picture by the way, on the cover, that was a picture I took at a carnival. And I, I just was looking at that picture and I was like, you know, I remember the Gravitron when I was little. Remember the Gravitron ride where you, you know you, you'd be held against the, the, the side of the Gravitron as it spun. Cause uh-huh. it, you know, it's, yeah. Sort of like a centrifuge. And, Right, right, right. And 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 so I don't remember they used to blare rock music when I'd go on there. Like, you know, you'd go on there and like Heat of the Moment by Asia or something would be just cranking, you know? <laughs> and I was like, wow, well, you know, I've got these rock songs. What if I just made a record to go to carnivals to? Like just a good rock record that you might hear blaring while riding rides, you know? And even though that the songs themselves don't really have much to do with riding rides, I just felt like it might be fun to put out a summertime rock record, put all those songs together and, and have a real concise pop rock record. And I, I don't feel like I'd done that since Kekshi, the first record I put out. So um, that was kind of what guided it. And then it all seemed to come together and it, it felt really cohesive and from from the songs to, to the artwork, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's just very funny that uh, that it happens to be a photo that you took here in New York. Like, because I know you're not in New York anymore, um, I just had assumed it was an adventure land somewhere else. So it's kind of funny that the feelings I got aren't really fabricated. They are true to the core of what this album is. Um, yeah. When writing this record, so you say you already have a ton of songs ready to go for another record. When you're writing, do you write with a record in mind? Or do you just kind of, when you're struck by inspiration, write a thing and then just keep track of everything you're, you're creating? Sort of both. You know, like I, I, I can't help like, you know, I, if I'm in a particular mood, I'll write a particular type of song. But, you know, I, I God, that's a good question. I, I think that uh, I just basically <clears throat> I might think to myself, oh, all right, well, I've written kind of a sad, melancholic, autumnal song. So now this next record is going to be 
fall like and really kind of like a, a a downer but with like kind of catchy songs like a smith c kind of thing or i might think that oh well, i've written a rock song so i need to make a yeah you know what i mean like I, mm-hmm. I, whatever i'm doing at the moment i think well that's what that's what it's going to be and then when i've written enough songs then i kind of start to get into a groove like okay well I'm obviously in this mode. I'm writing this kind of thing. So go with that. And maybe some of the songs that I wrote that don't fit that, put them aside and use them for something else. Or maybe when I'm in that mode, I try, cause I really do want to be a bit more, I, I feel like some of my records, while I, I'm proud of them, I, I feel like they're kind of, some of them are a little bit more all over the place, you know, stylistically, uh, even though they're in my mind, they are, I, I think other people are probably like, what are you talking about? They're just pop rock songs. But to me, I feel like, like I say with this last record, it was, I want, all right, this is going to be a rock record now. So let's, how can we make it the most, you know, pop rock short, like kick to the face kind of record you can. It sounds more violent than it. It's supposed to be fun, not a kick to the face, but you know what I mean though? Like it's just a real burst, you know? Um, So you, I mean, you've been writing music for a long time and your first album came out in 2016, but I imagine that you've been writing music since before that. Um, how early did you start uh, creating your own music? Oh, well, the, the first record I, I did came out in 2006, the Kekshi. Right. Uh, but before that, I was in a, I was in a band in Florida, and I, 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 you know, I guess I didn't really start writing songs serious, seriously until I was 18. Before that, I, I had song ideas, but I never really did anything with it because I didn't really know anybody that was into the same music that I was into that played instruments. Most of the people I knew that played instruments wanted to play. I, I could, I played drums when I was a kid. So they would want to play Jimi Hendrix songs or Led Zeppelin songs or, you know, whatever, you know, and there wasn't like a lot of people that wanted to play this like Smith covers or REM songs or anything like that. So I didn't really know a lot of people that I could work with when I went to college. That's when it, it started to come together. So that at that point, I started writing more, you know, like in the early nineties. And then, um, when I moved to Louisiana in 2000, uh, around 2000, 2001, I, I really didn't have anything to do. I'd left all my friends. I'd left my family who had moved to Florida and I just kind of did nothing but write songs for two years, you know, until I, and, and, and so I was working off those for a long time. So I guess we have the nineties is when I really started kind of very seriously writing stuff. Um, it's interesting whenever I look at, artists who like you talking before about how the kinds of songs that you were looking to cover your friends weren't because they were into the heavier stuff or the more classic stuff um i think it's interesting how genre labels like pop rock which you 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 say that you're a part of and like the indie rock scene i don't know that artists necessarily go out like that's what i want to do i want to do that thing i want to be pop rock i think it's more like this is the sound that i'm familiar with and this is what i feel like doing i get a sense that that was the case for you too like the goal wasn't to be i'm going to be a pop rock star it was more like these are the kinds of bands i like and i want to make music in a similar vein yeah i mean well yeah i mean growing up i was like a a a huge beetle freak and i still am you know, the Beatles were like everything to me and they're still my favorite band. And I, I just, I was so into that. And then as I branched out and I got older and, and I discovered the Smiths and REM and the Buzzcocks and all these bands, you know, and, and also all the classic stuff I liked from the sixties. So I was really a sixties fanatic. I loved, you know, um, all those bands. There's such a variety of stuff in the sixties as well. So, you, you know, 
in the 60s, if you put on AM radio, you heard all sorts of different stuff. It wasn't necessarily just guitar based or it wasn't just, you know, uh, this kind of vocal or this kind of arrangement. It was you could hear Strangers in the Night and then hear, you know, um, You Can't Hurry Love and then hear White Rabbit. You know what I mean? It's kind of and then hear Wichita Lyman or something. It was it's pretty cool. So. I think that that was, even though I wasn't around then, obviously, I wasn't live, but I, I had an appreciation for all those songs. And so to me, it seemed like that was all pop music. And I miss that now. I, I think that, you know, maybe I, I wish I could articulate it better, but I, I, I feel like there's, you, you know, if you're, as long as you're keeping the songs within like two to three to maybe four minutes within that time frame, I think it's more about the time, you know, keep it sh- shorter but do whatever you want within that, and that's pop music, you know? <laughs> sure, yeah, and I feel like, I mean, what I love about the music that you create and what I don't hear a lot on the radio, especially rock radio, is like, you're very to the point with a lot of your songs. I mean, some songs are longer than others. Not all of your songs are short. Like, I mean, Falling in Love on the new album is, is, four, is over four minutes, but a lot of your songs are very concise as if they're like just, you know, finitely planned, which I I appreciate because I feel like a lot of rock music has the tendency to elongate parts just to kind of be show-offy or to, you know, pad out listening time. But your your albums feel more about, here's a journey I want to take you on, this is what I want you to feel, and then let's go on to the next awesome thing. Is that something you set out to do, is to be more concise with your music? Is that a, like a thing that you go out of your way to actually accomplish? Well, you know, I, I do like that, but I have to admit to you that, you know, a large reason for that is because I, I'm not very good. Like, I, I don't play well. So I, I, you know, nobody really wants to hear me solo too much. And I, you know, and, and no, I'm serious. Like, so I think that my lack of skill in some ways is a benefit because it, it, it forces me to keep things to the point, but also, you know, um, as much as I can appreciate, yes, you know, I don't want to be yes. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't really want to be, you know, I, I think that you say what you got to say and get out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, uh, you know, this whole new record is like 28 minutes long right? and it's 10 songs, you know? So but I, I, that's what I like about that. It's like, Hey, you know, it's exciting. You don't have time to get bored. I mean, falling in love as, as, as like kind of bubblegummy pop as it is, I almost feel like that's like a little too long, even though I think it works, but it's, you know, um, I just keep it short and say what you got to say. And, you know, and, and also, like I say, I just don't have the skill to solo, all that well all over the place nobody really wants to hear me solo any longer than like you know 10 seconds maybe you know (laughs) i mean that's fair i think but i think to that point it's less about lack of skill and more about understanding the skill you have you know this idea that you're very targeted and you know where you excel and so you focus on that and i mean it definitely comes across in the music is that you are a talented player who knows what he's good at and knows how to um mine that that gold for really great music um would so talking a little bit back more about the songwriting process um and we talked about how you're kind of a a jack of all trades as far as kind of figuring out how to put a song together and how your writing process goes um is there ever been a time when you're writing where you feel stuck or that you can't like put lyrics to to music and when you are at that point how do you kind of get yourself out of it 
Oh man, all the time. You know, uh, I'm going through that a bit right now. I have a couple of songs that I really love the music for, and I just can't write lyrics I think are good enough for them. It's it's you know, I think sometimes it's really good to step away, and I'm not good at that. I I, I get really I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like if I'm going to go into the studio and do something, I expect to get something done that day, and hopefully get the whole thing done. And if I don't, I I better be damn close. Otherwise, I feel like I've failed or I've I've, I've not worked hard enough or I've you know, it's been a waste of time. You know, I get real, and I shouldn't do that, but I do. And and I think that sometimes I, I really need to learn to walk away and let things sit for a bit because when I do and I've gone back, I've been able to either make necessary adjustments or I've had the time to experience something that I really want to write about or, I, you know, I've, I've been away from it long enough where I'm like, well, you know, that sounds pretty good. I'm so glad I didn't listen to it for a bit because I would have trashed it and I would have been sorry I did. So, um, but, but I have to say that for me, the more difficult thing that I, I suffer more, uh, for lack of a better term, blocks from, uh, would be writing lyrics uh, that sometimes uh, it's hard to, especially because I think I have such a clear idea of how I want the vocal melody to go that I have to try and sing words to that too, that I, I feel work, you know, uh, without sounding like an idiot. You know, I don't want the lyrics to be nonsensical or, or, you know, too dumb, you know, <laughs> Um, and so with that and with, with struggling to, so do you find that you're putting music, you're creating the music and the melody first before you create lyrics? Is that often how that process goes? Yes, I would say so. I would say so. I, and, and a lot of times if I do have lyrics, they're almost like standalone poetry or what's even worse is that like, I'll write lyrics and I'll think this is going to be great. And I have a vocal melody in my head but I won't have the means to record that at that moment. I'll just kind of like write it down real quick and then I'll completely forget the vocal melody I had. And then I'll be like, Oh, I've got these lyrics now. I don't know what to do with them because I've completely forgotten the, which maybe means it wasn't very good to begin with, but, uh, that's frustrating when I do that. So I've learned to sing into my phone. I've got this music memos thing and I, I sing into my phone now. So that that's quite helpful. And then I, then I have to, you know, and, and actually it's great that music memo thing on Apple allows you to uh like it'll transcribe it as well so like the notes will actually show up as like you know a or d or whatever i'm singing if i'm singing on key i mean but at least that you find that you have ways of bending technology to your will as it were to get those things down i mean you know we, we have that luxury now at least when dealing with this kind of stuff um do you find that uh, technology on the whole is helpful for you during the writing process, during the release process, marketing, all that stuff? Absolutely. It's, it is the best thing that could have possibly happened. I know a lot of people um, have uh, definite opinions about streaming and things like that, and I understand those. But as far as recording, I mean, look, you know, I have a home studio set up. I am able to record all my records in my, in my studio. I'm able to demo. Often the demos become the record. Um, I'm able to contribute to my friends' records, uh, it, and I don't have to worry about paying for studio time. Because if I had to rely on that, you know, I—it's I, not like I'm making millions, you know, putting out these pop records, and, and it would be very difficult to sustain this. So I'm very, very fortunate and thankful for technology, uh, and I'm able to get the records out there through, you know, various means. Uh, CD Baby obviously has been very helpful, and, and you know, and then also I'm, I'm lucky because I have Cool Cat Music out of New Jersey that uh, handles physical products for me, and uh, and and so, you know, uh, 
I think it's a huge help. I, the, the idea that I could flesh out demos at home, that I, if I really was stuck and I was out somewhere and I had a guitar and I wasn't home, I, I, I could always like throw down an idea into the phone. And it, it's extraordinary. I never would have thought that was possible. You know, I remember using those Fostex cassette four tracks and things like that. You know, this is just so much easier and it allows people to do so much. So yeah, I'm, I'm, Man, I'm I'm thrilled that I have that. You know, I mean, it's funny you talk about the other the the older technologies because, like, I remember as a kid, if there was a song on the radio that I really liked, I had to sit and wait for it to come on again, and then tape it with my tape recorder, commercials and all, yeah. and then listen to it. Whereas now, it's like if there's a song you hear that you like, you can Shazam it to find out what it is, and then go right to the iTunes store or wherever else and buy it or pull it up on Spotify. Which is awesome. And I think about all the music. Like, when, I remember, you know, hanging around the record store, and depending on how cool the record store uh, clerk was, you know, really kind of influenced how great your record collection was. And you know, now everybody can do that for themselves. But you used to have to really search. I remember waiting for like the newest NME, which usually got a week late, you know, because it took a while to get over from the UK or getting the latest 12 inch from a band you like you really had to kind of like search wait and if one store didn't have you, you might have to go into the city to get it it was just you know it was a whole thing meeting the right person that had the right oh i have this bootleg or i have this copy and and now it's it's great you know your favorite band could be two 15 year olds making a type of music you've never even conceived of in a basement in santa barbara you know what I mean? And that could be your favorite band because you heard them on Bandcamp and that, <laughs> and that's it. You know, it's, it's really it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of always agog with wonder at the different ways that we can interact with art now that we couldn't before. I mean, I'm really lucky. I mean, I'm a benefit of it myself, just having four podcasts of my own and wanting, you know, be streaming on Twitch and all the other kind of content creation I do. Like I couldn't have done any of this a decade ago on my own, under my own steam. Whereas now it's so easy to get the technology to do any of this stuff and for people to find it from anywhere. I mean, I have someone in Australia who listens to one of my podcasts, like someone I would have never probably met otherwise, you know, without technology. And it's just kind of astounding. Um, do you feel like um, access to this stuff has made... Uh, the the writing process even easier for you? I imagine it is because you can get access to any other kind of music for research or to, to find new things. Are there bands that you like right now that uh, you might not have ever heard of without the modern access? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I think that I'm able to try out a lot of different bands that I normally, you know, I'd have to buy their record and I'd have to like, you know, and it was tough to to give bands a shot if you you know like let's say you know you didn't have a ton of money that week you really you might not want to shell out the money for the cd just yet you'd want to hear something off it and you were kind of at the mercy of what the radio would play or what your friends might have but now yeah you can look anything up i i find myself going back and finding older things that maybe i took for granted or i skipped out on because i just heard too much of it like this is sound really funny, but like I've been deep diving into the grassroots. Do you remember the grassroots? They had a bunch of kind of like MOR hits in the sixties, mm -hmm. like uh, temptation eyes and all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I wouldn't have really done that had I not had, you know, Apple or something to, to, to go back and, and do that with, you know, um, or, or just, 
being friends with people on social media and having them say, oh, check out this this band or check out this guy's work or, you know, um, it, it really does make it so much easier and fun. You know, um, I, I'm trying to think of things I've listened to, though, based on that. I think, gosh, I, I, the gra- I know it sounds silly, but like the grassroots I've been uh, deep diving on. Um, I have to think about that. There, there's, but, but, you know, I do. I, and I, as far as making it easier for me, yeah, absolutely. Because I can just demo things wherever I am. So that, that helps me remember a good idea. Um, you, I know that you're someone who doesn't shy away from playing live and you enjoy, enjoy playing in front of a live audience. Are there any specific songs off the new record that you're really excited to play at your next gig? Um, yeah, I'm excited to play a song called Heavy that I co-wrote with my friend Jason Walker, who's also a talented artist out of New Jersey. Uh, as a matter of fact, he just put out a single digitally two weeks ago called Divine. It's it's really cool. He was in a band in New York City called The Robux. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they were really good. They were, um, but now he's putting out stuff on his own. Um, but I co-wrote that song with him a long time ago, and uh, I'm really excited to play that song. So I just love it. I think it's a, a really catchy, fun song. I think it's fun to sing. Um, and I'm looking forward to playing that. I'm looking forward to playing a song called No More because it's just kind of should be just a, a quick burst of rock and roll. It should be fun. I'm I'm excited to. I've got a, an Epiphone Casino, and I'm just excited to just crank up my amp and, and play it really loud because you know, the last record I did, eventually is now, was really more kind of like quiet and had strings and stuff. So I I'm pretty excited to. Uh, you know, play some loud, obnoxious rock and roll guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you find that that's the kind of stuff that sustains you more is the high energy stuff? Um, you know, I, no, honest, it, it's weird. It's like, <laughs> I, not like, you know, I like it. Don't get me wrong. Like it's all stuff I like. I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it, but sure. I really, I like kind of like the melancholic strings and, you know, I veer more toward that stuff, but I also like, you know, that's why I love Graham Coxon so much from Blur, like his solo stuff, because he can either do like these amazing pop rock songs or he could do just the most obnoxious, punky, noisy stuff. Or he could do something that's really melancholic and string laden and beautiful. Um, you know, he kind of scratches all those itches. Uh, I, I like all that stuff as well, and depending on my mood. But, yeah, I would say I veer more toward that kind of uh, happy, sad kind of thing you know you know um that rather than just straight rock and roll all the time you know sure yeah um but i, I it's fun though you know <laughs> it's just fun to play loud guitar. sure of course i imagine that like you know and it's funny because there are so many independent artists now who can put out music and then never play a live show like they may just like being in the studio and creating just like you create any other content um and then there are of course artists who love playing live and i think it's really interesting that you can have that dynamic now whereas before like if you were a band that put out made music but didn't play live, like no one could hear it. So what would be the point? Whereas now you can kind of exist without that kind of gigging economy if you find other ways. And I think that's kind of really fascinating too. Yeah, and I, I don't really have the means to be able to to tour. You know, I do play shows. I don't play as much as I'd like to and I, I intend to play more, but I just don't, you know, I, 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 I just can't like pick up and split. I've got you know responsibilities i can't do that but i i can record and i can put out records and um you know i I, it is a lucky thing that i can do that i i do uh i do i do i would like to play more though for sure you know it's uh it is fun to play live but i i think out of the two i must say i probably prefer 
recording because I have a lot of control over that, you sure. know. Um, and, but I do love playing live and I love playing with other people live, you know, like if my friends are playing and I can play with them, I, I love doing that too. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's nice to do both, but at least with the recording, I can do it anytime I want. I'm not really uh, dependent on a club or, or a, a lot of times because I handle a lot of the instrumentation myself. I have to find friends to help me. Like down here, I have a group of guys that play with me regularly. So I'm very thankful for them. If I were to go to New York, I have a friends there, you know, it's, it's, I'm very lucky that way. Um, being a multi-instrumentalist and being someone who can, you know, who does all of the writing and playing on his records, um, is there any instruments that you currently don't know how to play that you'd be interested in incorporating in a future record? Um, yeah, well, I'm not, I'd like to learn to play the instruments I play properly, uh, before <laughs> to something else, you know, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I wish I played keyboards better, uh, although I'm very lucky because I have friends that play keyboards very well and they have contributed to, to my records. Like my friend Scott is a fantastic keyboardist. He, he's played on stuff and done a whole bunch of things for me. Uh, my friend Liam uh, plays on the last record. He's a fantastic keyboard player. So, you know, I'm lucky that I don't have to do it myself. I don't. So I, I really can be very lazy and not get any better at keyboards ever. Um, I'd like to get better, though. I, maybe sitar. I don't know. I, I, um, I'm trying to think of something, an instrument that I'd like to key. I, keyboards would be cool. Maybe like some sort of horn or wind instrument. That'd be kind of cool. You know, and then I could be like Sting on Ghost in the Machine and form my own little horn section and I'll put it on every friggin' song. On Literally record. every song ever, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think at the, at the end of the day, you know, sticking to what you're good at or at least what you're confident with is 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 pretty natural, you know, especially when you're you're creating your own art. Um, is there anything that you haven't tried on a previous record, maybe a style or um, maybe a trope that's in music that you really dig that you would love to kind of work into a future song? Oh, man. Um, you know, I don't know. I think that it, it would really just kind of depend on what I was really like listening to at the time or what I was really into. I, uh, I And I know there's certain things that I wouldn't be good at. You know, I mean, I... I might like certain types of, of music, but I probably wouldn't be very good singing it or, or at least I don't think I would be. So, um, man, I, I, I really do like, it's funny. I, I, I don't have any like favorite acts that are more electronic in nature, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm sort of curious about it. Um, and I'd love to like experiment with that. Um, I just think that it would probably sound clumsy if I did, but I am like the, the musically, like the stuff that I listen to the closest would be like, maybe like, and it's, I'm dating myself with like stereo lab and things like that. But like, um, uh, I know my, my friend Liam is, is, you know, he's, he's told me about a couple of different bands and I've actually gone on Apple and you know, how they have those curated playlists they do. Yeah. And so I've tried to listen to the stuff in that genre and it's really been inspiring, but in a weird way, like I can't do that. But you could definitely take influence from it, and so, you know, maybe maybe that style, you know, would be would be pretty interesting. You know, get away from just writing on guitar all the time or fumbling around on a keyboard. You know, to just do something different. You know, to, that that might be something to consider. You know, sure, totally. Um, 
there's so many different ways to be inspired while writing music and tons of artists these days who are probably never in the past influenced by pop culture are often now somehow influenced by pop culture just because it's so pervasive. Are there any things outside of music that have driven you to write music or certain shows or books or movies that you've seen that have inspired you to write music? Um, oh, yeah. Like, you know, um, I, I remember one time I was watching, I think I was watching, you remember that show ER? Of course, sure, yeah. <laughs> watching ER, and it was some episode where um, uh, 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 someone had to say goodbye to their lover. You know, they were dying in the hospital. It was rather sad. Uh, and I, I just like, that made me want to write a song about that. And it's like, I'm watching a TV show, and I'm going to write a song about it. I felt so, like, stupid doing it. But, you know, it, it, anything can inspire you or, you know, like, um, I'm trying to think of anything recently that kind of made me want to write something. I, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I can't think of anything off, off the top of my head right now, but I know it's happened before the ER thing sticks in my mind. Cause I felt so stupid writing a song about an ER episode. <laughs> I mean, but, I, uh, you, you never know. Yeah. You got to take uh, inspiration from wherever you get it. You know, you, you don't really get to, pick when you're struck by that kind of urge to write about a thing well i think that sometimes too like just like titles will inspire you um like i had a friend once that was telling me a story about a breakup they were having and he was describing the story to me and in the course of telling me this story he he had he had said you know that in part of the conversation there one of the quotes was you know but the beautiful room is empty you know, this thing is over whatever. And I was like, the beautiful room is empty. That's amazing. Like what a, what an incredible title. And so I wrote a song with that title and just imagined what that breakup was like. But that was just like a, a title. I don't even know. I think eventually I found out that it was some sort of book. It was a, uh, like a kind of like a, uh, uh, kind of a, I don't know how you, what, what, what genre, but it was like kind of like a sexy time book, you know? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> I was like, ooh, you know, this is a bit uh, risque. But uh, it, but the title itself was so amazing, so I wrote that song about it. So sometimes it's just like even a title can, you know, um, make you uh, write something. Yeah, for sure. And um, when that you're... terrible. I apologize. I... <laughs> no, no. Um, that's actually a really good point that leads me to another question. Like, when you're titling tracks, does that just come from the natural um, core of what you're writing about or the choruses? Or do you sometimes struggle to title your tracks? Yeah, sometimes I struggle. I, I try not to go like, you know, I remember, you know, it's like Michael Nesmith. I love Michael Nesmith. He's one of my favorite songwriters. But some of his titles are seemingly completely unrelated to what he's saying. Like, right. he has this one song that's like the most amazing monkey song called uh, Auntie's Municipal Court. And but the song never mentions those words, has nothing to do with a court, nothing to do with an ant. Uh, I have no idea why he titled it that, you know, and I think that, you know, I try to avoid that because I think people are like, well, what the, why did you title something? It doesn't even, it's not even in there. You know, I want people to remember the songs and I don't want to make it more difficult for them. I have a hard enough time getting them to listen as it is. You know what I mean? So I I don't want to, I don't want to make it more difficult for them. So (laughs) no, that's fair. I mean, you want things to be searchable at the end of the day, I guess. So picking common words is probably not a terrible thing, right? 
Right. Well, the thing is, I could, you know, I could act all day long like, oh, I don't care if people listen to it. I mean, if I if that were really the case, I wouldn't put records out. You know what I mean? Right. I just do it for myself and keep it at home. Obviously, I'd like people to hear it. I don't want to make it more difficult. At the same time, you know, I wish more people were honest about that. That doesn't mean that you have to like bow to other people's tastes. You know, like you're not trying to like, oh, I'm going to make a song that I think people will like, but. You know, if you're going to put it out, obviously you want people to check it out. And so, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I try to keep the title. Unless, unless there's some real reason for me to title something that isn't in the song. There's like something in my head that says, no, this is the way, this is what it should be called. I, I try not to be too uh, difficult uh, uh, about that. Um, if you could cover any song, regardless of current like intr- instrumental prowess or ability, <laughs> like if you could just cover any song that you love, what song would that be? Oh man, I've covered some songs I've really loved, like live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, do you want me to think of something I haven't? No, sure. If it's something that you've done live, uh, that's great too. I would love to hear about that. I've covered a number of songs. I've, I, I mean, I've done songs that my friends have written i've done songs that I, I i guess as a matter of fact i recently did a cover of the bgs if only i had my mind on something else which i love that song but nice. a, a, a song i've not covered uh would be sky high by jigsaw mm-hmm. um, i really want to do temptation eyes by the grassroots i think i'd love to do a cover of uh right back where we started from by maxine nightingale mm-hmm. you know that song yeah that's a good I one love just the, off the top of my head, I could probably think of a million songs I'd cover because I love, you know, I'm I'm just a big geek fan. So, you know, I it, it doesn't take much convincing for me to do a cover if I think I could pull it off, you know, because I, I absolutely, you know, it's just pure joy playing these singing songs that you love. You know what I mean? So it wouldn't, especially if it, it even if it doesn't fit with what I'm doing, I don't care or, or I'll make it fit, you know. Totally. I'll, I'll, so, yeah, I, I that would be, that's actually a good idea. What if I did a real rockin' version of right back where we started from. It could be a train wreck, but it could be great. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to ha- help uh, strike inspiration. It would be hard to top the original. I mean, Maxine Nightingale sings just beautifully. She's incredible, and that arrangement's amazing. But, boy, would it be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, uh, something I like to ask artists, especially independent artists, are is... It, was there a specific roadblock when you first started writing, when you first started making music, that um, you had an interesting way of finding a way around it, whether it was an access to gear or, you know, songwriting or process? Like, is there any wisdom, words of wisdom that you could share with other possible struggling songwriters? Um, I think it's good to to, when you're starting out, to surround yourself with people who are better than you. Um, so that you can learn. And I think that you have to be open to, to, to learning like, you know, so, and, and that doesn't mean that you have to copy or, or listen to everything everyone tells you. But I mean, being around people who play guitar better than me enabled me to learn chords so I could articulate what I wanted to do melodically or, you know, um, you know, being around engineers who were very, very good at what they did. Like there was a fellow, there is a fellow named Jim DeVito, who's a friend of mine uh, in St. Augustine, who's one of the most brilliant engineers and, and producers. He's a wonderful guy. And I learned so much from him as far as like bass playing and engineering and recording and mixing and, you know, mic placement and all this stuff, you know. So I think that, you know, be open, you know, don't, you know, definitely 
surround yourself with people that you respect. Uh, you know, I've learned so much from friends of mine who have, you know, been so helpful to me and I'm grateful for that because it made me better. I guess it's like sports, you know, when you play with someone who's better than you, you're going to get better yourself. Hopefully like, uh, you step up your game, I suppose. Is, and and I, I think that that's true. You know, I think that if you, if you play with people who are better than you, you're going to s- step up your game and be better. And I, I think that's what I would recommend to, to people who are, you know, starting out doing anything, songwriting or playing an instrument, you know, find people who are really awesome at what they do and try to play with them and, 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 and learn, you know, that's great advice. I think that's really awesome. I mean, uh, all of the things that I work on, I've learned by doing and doing exactly that, paying attention to those who are definitely more skilled than I am. It's the best way to like absorb information that you might not have had access to otherwise. Right. Right. And, 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 and you, you know, generally, you know, you're, you're playing with those people for a reason. You either really respect them or you like what they do or both, you know, it's like, I, as I say, I've been very, very fortunate that I've been able to play and, and work with people who I have immense respect for, you know, um, I'm thinking about in particular, Scott McCoy, you know, he's a friend of mine is, is got a, he's a brilliant songwriter. He's in a brilliant band called the minus five. He's, he's in the young fresh Fellows. He's played a bunch of bands. He, he, my God, just watching him, uh, not only is inspiring, but you learn a lot about what makes a good song, what makes good arrangements. He's, he's brilliant at it. And, and to be able to, and I've been fortunate enough to be, uh, able to play, live shows with him on occasion and to he's invited me to play on his records on occasion and i i le- i've learned so much from him and he's been so generous with you know with his time with me and and sh- you know so you know like people like him and jim devito that i was talking mentioning earlier you know you just learn so much you know and and i'm grateful for that well joe i appreciate you so much wanting to be on the show and taking the time to chat um adventureland is such a great record um i love the work that you do as the junior league um i guess uh before we wrap up just let people know the best way to get the record where they can find you online and all of that kind of stuff oh that's great thank you um and then thank you for having me again it was really nice to speak to you uh i have a website it's www dot the jr league j-r-l-e-a-g-u-e dot com uh i'm on twitter at at the junior league spelled out at the junior league uh i'm um my email is or wait my email yeah the junior league nola at gmail.com email me if you want um and then uh what else there's so many twitter i'm at the junior league it's all spelled out so you can find me everywhere and, and as far as i'm on all the streaming services and you can buy a physical copy of the record through cool cat music and that's music with a k at the end so m-u-s-i-k uh they're handling the physical distribution of the record so you could get a cd there if you want the physical products awesome well thank you again for taking the time the last thing i'll ask you to do is you have sign off on the podcast that i created that's music is life and life is good it's this idea that as long as you're making good art life can't be that bad so if you could just say music is life and life is good we'll wrap it up it would be my pleasure music is life and life is good that's it for this episode of crash chords autographs our theme music is by michael kill our logo was designed by case aiken and joey amans If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening. 
Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit WeBurlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good.